Good morning, Sleepy Town. I'm Bo, and you're listening to The Art House. Art House Radio on 88.5 WCUG. Coming to you from beautiful downtown Columbus, Georgia. The cool cat city. The fountain city. Sleepy Town. We're glad you're with us today on the radio. Thanks for listening to The Art House. We're here with our engineer extraordinaire, show. Hey, show, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you, Bo? You sound great on the radio show. Thank you. Yeah, you have a future in this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we have a guest today. Our guest today is Ayana Ross. Welcome, Ayana. Hello, Bo. Happy to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Thanks. Columbus, Georgia, our home. We love Columbus. The quote of the day today comes from Adam Grant. Good mentors share lessons from their experience. Great mentors help you crystallize lessons from your experience. Good mentors give useful answers. Great mentors help you ask better questions. Good mentors walk you through their path. Great mentors help you identify your path. Adam Grant. We have a word of the day today. Our word of the day today is euphonious. Euphonious. What does euphonious mean? Anybody know? Any 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 thoughts over there? Anything? I've got nothing. Okay, I agree. It means something that's pleasing to the ear. Oh. Ooh. Something that's euphonious. I guess it could be euphonic as well. So, um, some music. Words, names, sounds, like Ayana. Oh, wow, that was really nice. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> that is one euphonious name right there. Ayana Ross, our guest today. So we're going to have a beautiful show. We're going to have a, a nice interview with Ayana, who is an um, artist from Atlanta, the Bennett Prize winner for 2021. And she will have um, paintings in the Bo Bartlett Center at a show at the Bo Bartlett Center next year. So... Glad you're with us today. Thanks for listening to The Art House. We're going to have a little music interlude, and then we're going to have a conversation with Ayana. Free air 
Thanks for being with us today. Our guest today is Ayana Ross, the Bennett Prize winner for 2021. And she's come down visiting us from Atlanta to visit Columbus today. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get here? I'm trying to think of the origin story. Where does one begin? I started out in a small town of Baxley, Georgia, and stayed there until I was about fifth grade. I'd always had an interest in drawing and um, the arts, although I did not have a place to explore that interest. And throughout my life, my life's journey, I've sought to forge out a career that would allow me to be closer to art. Uh, initially, it was fashion design. And then eventually, um, after 9-11, I went into education, and which turned into art education. And throughout those years, I did everything I could in the midst of juggling being a mother to get better at my practice. And I'm a painter now. I'm a full-time artist, and I'm very, very excited and proud of it. That's amazing. So did you have mentors along the way, uh, people that were guiding lights or instructors? As best I could. Um, I did not know a lot of the world, the art world, when I was younger, so I think during those times, my mentor might have been, you know, those encyclopedia sets that we would get <laughs> that you have on the shelves in your house. Uh, just looking through those and, and seeing images, that was probably as close mm -hmm. as I got. The first time I went to a museum, I was a senior in high school, at least the first time I remember. Mm -hmm. um, my dad went with me on a field trip. I had an art teacher, but that wasn't a very solid relationship. And, right. um, so I didn't have those things, but maybe in college, a couple of my professors, they were really, they believed in me. Um, they were very supportive. Most of my mentors don't know that I exist, but I follow them, such mm -hmm. as you. <laughs> and I would just learn everything I could from everything around me. And that, I think that's the, the greatest gift that I, that I've acquired over the years is just realizing that there's no limit to what we can learn. You just have to be willing to look for it mm -hmm. and um, read about it and research and you can find out anything you want to know. So that's how I've kind of shaped my learning experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's great advice, really, because when I was young, I would just go knock on the doors of people that I was inspired by. Uh-huh. I remember knocking on Harvey um, Dinnerstein's door. He was a painter in New York. I don't know if you know his work or not. And then Aaron Schickler. And I was telling you earlier today that these are, are guys that, you know, there weren't many realist painters back in the right. in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s. And there were a lot of painters or abex painters, but not many realist painters. So I had to search out these people, you know, and find them and eventually knocked on Andrew Wyeth's door. But, um, you, and that's the way you, you know, you have to have enough courage and confidence. It's a, it's a fine line of, between ego and confidence and courage to g 
gather the information you need to right. to learn to grow and as an artist you know that um courage you know you you have that what year were you born do you mind saying 1977 77 yeah. okay so yeah you're like a generation after me or two generations after me and but you know you reached out and uh, i guess on instagram maybe mm -hmm. i think yeah <laughs> reached out on instagram and, and said you you know you'd love to see the center and come visit so so happy for you but to listen do, to it, do that. it took me a while to actually do it to build up the courage <laughs> to do it <laughs> well well done well done so tell us a little bit about your situation now are you um you paint daily yes um i paint every single day sometimes I, I try to make a rule on sundays that i just draw and spend a little bit more time nice. with fi with family mm -hmm. um but for the most part my schedule is i paint or i'm in the studio everything is not the actual action of painting eight to ten hours a day and that includes the painting the sitting back staring <laughs> the <laughs> contemplating life the, I know you know <laughs> all that goes into that um but i i try to reserve Sundays for like, I'll get up and maybe have while I have my cup of coffee do just like a solid sketching session without thinking about a particular thing and, and just give myself that freedom but yep it's it's pretty much every day yeah yeah uh, you know I think it's like anything you you know that you, you want it to become second nature <laughs> is it the um, is it is it the outliers or blink it's one of those two is it Outliers that talks about 10,000 hours? I think it's Outliers. Oh, yeah, okay. We'll, somebody, someone will correct us <laughs> if it's not. But 10,000 hours of practice. And so the, the example that he uses, he uses several examples. But one example is when the Beatles were first getting started. Mm -hmm. And they played their music in, I guess, in uh, sort of like bordellos or something in Hamburg or wherever they were. And they played in uh, basically like strip clubs. And they played... 18 24 hours a day and then that was how they and they did it all the time and that was how they got in their 10,000 hours mm -hmm. of uh of playing together and they got so good so then when they went back to uh record they were ready mm -hmm. and that that's that's what it's all about is, is practicing enough to uh so it's second nature by the time you get to the canvas right and it's interesting that you say that you sort of take off on Sundays. I always did that. I always had a family. Uh, you know, my kids are grown now, but when they were coming along, you know, Sunday was my day off. You know, I treated it almost biblically. I just would would um, not so much work in the studio. I'd be with the right. family. I, I find that I have to make sure I set aside that time to remember what I'm painting about and for. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's my way of pushing the reset button. Mm -hmm. And also days like today when I come out. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's necessary. I think it's a necessary part of the process. Refresh right. my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. I, I advise people that. I say, you know, get out of the studio more. I see people who've been in the studio working so hard that their work has become insular and they're not really realizing what's going on in the real world. And, and you have to bring the real world into the, to the studio. That's so true. I mean, I think you do have to be also very focused and very, um, well, Andrew Wyeth would say you have to be ingrown to be good. But I think what he's saying is that you can't let the outside world distract you, but you also have to know what's going on, which is a fine line. It is. It is. Especially now, it's so easy to be distracted. We have distraction in our pocket. Yes. And I have to have times where I tell myself, no social media, mm -hmm. no looking at things, mm -hmm. particularly, you know, on social media. 
I'm an artist. I follow a lot of artists. Yeah. <laughs> Click a button and you're just like visuals like overload. Yep. And uh, so I have to make it a point to, to step back from that sometimes. I know. I think it's, it's a challenge. Uh, and when I was coming along, I didn't have that. You know, we didn't have social media. You know, I mean, self-imposed distractions, you could certainly find distractions, but it wasn't like it is now yeah. where it's so easily, one is so easily distracted. So it takes greater discipline now almost. And I, and I wonder sometimes how people get work done because they're on Instagram or social media all the time. And it makes me wonder how they balance that. I, I, I'm, I fall victim to it myself. I'm not good with posting on social media for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm in the middle of doing something, I think this might make a nice post, but then I'd have to stop doing it <laughs> to make the post. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I just, I just don't stop. <laughs> no, we, we've almost all become actors in our own little world, our right. own little TV station. Right. Strange. It is. <laughs> it's like a big social experiment. It is. Of sorts. And we're in the middle of it. Yeah, I had a I had an artist friend that made a comment to me about some work she was doing, and she's like, "Yeah, but I posted it and I didn't get a lot of likes." I'm like, "Why would you don't post it?" Don't. Like, right, right. <laughs> you know, don't don't use that as a gauge. But I can see how one could easily fall victim to that. So easily. Another Andrew Wyeth quote. Andy always told me. He said, "I never show anybody anything I'm working on. Mm -hmm. If they like it, it's a bad thing, and if they don't like it, it's a bad thing." So, and once I'm done with it, I don't care right. whether you like it or not. Right. It just <laughs> to be is. perfectly honest. Right. Yeah. I still care. I want everybody to like everything. I want them to like <laughs> it, but I, I, I just, I can't care anymore. I, I can't, right. I'm not going to retouch it. I'm not going mm -hmm. to go back to it. Maybe if I ever did it again, you know, maybe I'd incorporate something, but I can't, I have to, I don't know. It's just, I don't want to say divorcing myself from it, but it's just a shedding it's away. Done. It's done. It's yeah. done. Right. And it's a part of, I speak of myself in third person oftentimes mm -hmm. because I think about decisions I made, I will say, or she made mm -hmm. yesterday. And I have mm -hmm. to forgive her and let her have, you know, I trust that the decision she made that day, she made it. That was the best decision to make. And we move on. Mm -hmm. And I have to do that when That's it comes right. to my artwork or anything surrounding that, just knowing that she made the best decision at that time. And so, uh, yeah, I guess that by the time the work is finished, I'm me looking at her and it's like, I, I don't have anything to say about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. that's beautiful kind of a way to have a, a detachment that's very healthy, the ego-wise. I'm way too enmeshed with my with myself and what I do <laughs> to be able to do that. That's what you're doing is very healthy, I think. Um, let's let's hear some music. I think you brought a piece of music that you liked, right? You, you told me before that you really liked Kurangbin. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. I, I really agree with you. We've played them on the show before. They're one of my favorites. You want to hear a piece of theirs? Sure. Uh, th this is actually a song my daughter introduced me to. Oh, so. I love it. That's the best. Okay, let's hear it. And uh, the name of it is? Dearest Alfred.
Alice Krongbin with Dearest Alfred. I'm Bo Bartlett, and you're listening to the Art House, Art House Radio on 88.5 WCUG from beautiful Columbus, Georgia. Thanks for listening today. We have our guest, Ayana Ross. Ayana, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We're going to listen to some more music in a bit, but we have a, a couple of uh, questions, a couple of unexpected questions we're going to ask today. Okay. So we'll, we'll see where we go. So I want to know, like, what do you do besides spend eight or ten hours a day in your studio? What's the rest of life look like? The rest of life is very busy. I am the mother of four and a wife. So usually my stop time for painting correlates with when it's time for activities to begin. <laughs> so um, I usually stop about 4.30, maybe 5 if I can. And we're doing drop-off for ballet or tennis, wow. pick up for football between my husband and I, or drop-off for work because I do have a, a 16-year-old who's working, but she can't drive yet. So there's that. Um, depending on how busy drop off and pick up is there's either picking up dinner or making dinner mm-hmm. um so that sort of thing real life real life wow and but you started really young because it's hard to believe that you have children of this age well thank you <laughs> <laughs> i started i guess uh my first daughter was born when i was 20 uh i don't know i have to do the math maybe. okay well then i want to know your diet then <laughs> what do you eat <laughs> you drink a lot of water what do you do in terms of health, physical health, actually not a lot. Really? Yeah, not a lot. I, um, particularly now, during studio days, uh, which are most days, um, I eat to live. So I'll eat oatmeal so I don't have to stop mm-hmm. <laughs> and eat soon. Yeah. I may have um, some leftovers for lunch or something like a smoothie. I love smoothies. And then whatever option is available for dinner, depending. But I, I'm allergic to dairy, um, so there's that. I don't like fast food that much. Um, I've tried to, as I was sharing with you before, I've tried to um, train myself to run um, because I feel like being in the studio so much now, between alternating between sitting and standing, there's no reason why I can't get out and I'll do some serious exercise. I've, I've been training myself to run, and I'm able to run almost a mile or just about a mile right now. And that's about it. That's great. And just right. running behind young people. I think that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. That'll keep you young. Yeah. I, yeah, I really believe in physical activity. You know, it's sort of my um, one of my 10 do's. It's one of the 10 things that I believe you should do every day okay. is to uh, make sure you have physical activity. You know, eat right, hydrate, you know, the basic things, make art. Yeah. I drink a lot of tea. A lot of tea. <laughs> a lot of tea. Interesting. But you drink coffee too, right? I drink coffee. I like warm drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a healthy habit, but I also eat a lot of ice. Really? You eat ice? A lot of ice. Wow. <laughs> it is a problem. <laughs> Well, that probably helps, you know, the need to masticate. So you, you're chomping, which is probably good, but you're getting zero calories. So this seems to be a, a system that's working <laughs> for you. I drink hot water, which I don't know if that's good for I've me. I've done that. Not, but I drink a lot of hot water, usually. That's what I do. I don't drink coffee or tea. Okay. But 
I'm, I'm not like the picture of health either. So, why do you say that? Uh, you know, you just you get older. You know, you're never the picture of health. You look great. Older. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Show you look great too. <laughs> you do. I don't know what to say to that, but thank you. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Une- unexpected compliments. <laughs> so. I know you had told me that you had read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which I also read and sort of still on some, in some ways I still live by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with some version of The Artist's mm-hmm. Date and definitely uh, The Morning Pages. I still yes. write Morning Pages. Um, do you have a, a practice, uh, a, a spiritual practice or something that keeps you on track? The Morning Pages probably would be, particularly from the, from the book reference is one of the biggest things that I do. I don't do it necessarily every single day, mm-hmm. but I sit down um, before I go in the studio and I, I write a bit. Um, I believe, and this was the sentiment that was echoed in the book, that my desire to make art is aligned with God's desire for me and through me. And so that, and because of that, I look at my painting as my spiritual act, like my worship. So every day I feel connected in that way. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that in my, in, in my experience that with people, that doing something for a, a purpose, a higher calling, a meaning, you know, finding, like feeling like that what you do is a part of something larger than yourself. Yeah is a liberating way to approach it because you basically on ego terms you're sort of like realizing that we're just a drop in the bucket you know but we're adding our water to the bucket and that we're part of the whole and that there's something very healthy about that way of approaching it and so when you do something for a higher power or whatever one wants to call it she calls it a Good, good orderly direction was what she. Okay. She calls it good orderly direction. Okay. Which is fascinating. Um, yeah. So Julia Cameron refers to G O D as good orderly direction. I do remember that. Yeah. Right. I remember that. That's so true. And I think I read it. I'm trying to think how many years ago it was. It was several years ago when I really got to a point where I made a decision that, you know what, this isn't working. This isn't working. I'm going to just forsake all and pursue what I want to do as an artist. Mm-hmm. It was when I was, it was around the time I was reading that book and it really helped me to align everything, my spirituality and my, my work and my passion. And, and it gave me, it just brought it all together in a nice, neat package. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very instrumental in helping me to get back on, on course to exploring my is it artist child that she yes, it refers is. to? Yeah, my artist child. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 an extremely helpful book. Uh, I, I highly recommend it to everyone. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. We don't get a kickback here, but we <laughs> we do help the universe by recommending it because by just doing the morning pages, you're not writing for anyone else. You get to a point where you start to be honest with yourself, and you're writing right. just for yourself. That's right. And when you when you can become honest with yourself. That's a huge service to the world because you are no longer putting on a mask or wearing a mask. Right. All the scales come, come mm-hmm. off and you're suddenly a pure version of yourself. And it's liberating and you, you know, the old know thyself. It's a Delphic maxim. Know thyself. Really? 
Uh, anyway, I thought it was either Socrates or Plato. But anyway, so the bottom line is the goal is to know thyself. Yes. And by learning to trust yourself, you trust those little inklings you have to make something and to do something. And when you can trust it, you can believe in it and you can follow through with it. That's, that's exactly, I was talking to my daughter, my eldest. I was telling you she's starting to look at college. And that was what I gave her advice to do is just to know yourself. Um, that was something I don't know that I took enough time to do when I first began. Mm -hmm. And so I had to revisit a lot of things in that journey with the artist's way. And then you can become this conduit for creativity just flow through or at least be a vessel available for it. Because I can't say that for me, it always flows easily, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I at least know I'm available. And then when, I, when I'm when i stuck, I do stop and ask myself, okay, what's going on? Like, right. you know, what's happening inside this, creating this blockage? If, if we can get out of the way, it will flow straight through yeah. us, you know, beautifully. But yeah, we, we tend to be the blocks somehow. We uh, create the shadows that block the light. That was a very unexpected question, but very pleasant. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Let's hear some more music, okay? <laughs> Let's spin the turntable here. We're going to listen to Joan Armatrading with one of my favorites, Love and Affection. I am not in love, but I'm open to persuasion. East or West, where's the best? For romancing With a friend I can smile But with a lover I could hold my hand back With really love, really love Thank you You took me dancing Across the floor Cheek to cheek, but with a love, I could really move, really move. I could really dance, really dance, really dance, really dance. I could really move, really move, really move, really move. Now if I can feel the sun in my eyes and the rain on my face, why can't I? Sing it, sing it, sing it, sing it. You know that's what I like. Love, oh. 
Once more with the feeling Give me love, give me love, give me love Love, trading from 1976 with love and affection i remember when that album came out in 1976 i was in philadelphia i had just moved back to philadelphia i just moved to philadelphia from georgia actually i was like 19 years old and that album came out most of the songs came out at, i think it premiered in october 1976 and i had just moved there that fall and the songs came out in 1977. Love and Affection was one of the, the top songs. She's from England. I think she was from the islands originally. That was the soundtrack of my early years in Philadelphia. And you were born right around that time. You were born, Ayana. You were born in 1977. And so the soundtrack of your time, although you didn't even know it, was Joan Armatrading. Powerful stuff, powerful music. We're winding down now. We're going to just have this one last little segment. Tell me what you're working on now. I, I, I wanted to say before you answer, I have several favorite paintings of yours that I really like. I like the New American Gothic, mm -hmm. New American Gothic, which is a version of American Gothic, the famous uh, Grant Wood painting, um, which has a sort of older man with a pitchfork and his... I guess in theory his young wife or sister um, but your version is an african-american couple in front of a, a white timber frame house that's one of my favorites and i also love the, the little just a, a little portrait head of a girl reading a book maybe it's a red book uh beautiful painting so these are my favorite paintings of you of yours that i that i'm familiar with can you tell us the listeners your instagram so people can go see your work Okay, it's Ayana Ross Art. Okay, Instagram. which it would be spelled? A-Y-A-N-A-R-O-S-S-A-R-T. Ayana Ross Art on the Instagram. You, I think you have a website too. I do. 
Okay. And just, the website is Ayana Ross, A-Y-A-N-A-R-O-S-S dot com. Excellent. So check her out. Check her out. Now, my question is, and I was leading up to it this whole time, my question is, what are you working on right now in the studio besides being here in Columbus, Georgia at WCUG? Um, what are you working on back in Atlanta in your studio? And I think you might have a new studio. This is a, a suddenly like a compound question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Keeping it interesting. You, you have a new studio, don't you, or something? Yes, I have a new studio space that I'm working in. Um, it's larger so that I can begin to incorporate larger works. But to answer the first part of that question, what I'm working on is I'm really doing an exercise right now. I'm giving myself a little window of time to kind of spread my wings. One thing I noticed, and I think I mentioned this to you earlier, was with the, my schedule before being so rigid, having to juggle between working full time and family time and my art, which even when I was teaching full time, I made sure it had a significant place in my life. My work was very rigid because I had to, I, I like I have so many hours in the studio, I was oftentimes getting up crazy early to work. And so I was very intentional about the work that I did. Whereas now I'm revisiting some things and I'm giving myself the liberty to make more mistakes on canvas, to paint more, draw a little bit less so that I can kind of keep some of those strokes in there, those brush strokes. So that's one thing that I'm exploring. Um, thank you so much for the compliment. And I'm just honored to know that you even know that I have paintings, first of all. <laughs> But those two in particular, thank you. The little girl with the book, that was my daughter. I did a, a live painting because that Beautiful. was something I had not given myself the time to do mm -hmm. in a while. So I just said, hey, I'll give you a little uh, treat if you'll <laughs> sit for me. <laughs> it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful so, painting. So I did that. And then um, the New American Gothic, I love that piece. It actually is my way of honoring my grandfather. Because I said, I grew up in, well, when I was a little, I lived in Baxley, Georgia. Mm -hmm. My grandfather built the house that my, my mother and her siblings grew up in. Wow. And the house that I lived in when I was little. And so that house represents the house that he built. Wow. And that was this whole thing that I play around with, with the idea of wealth and prosperity. Having one's own, you know. And so... Uh, I look back at the my family history and the things that they owned, the things that they had and how they acquired them. You know, going off, he, he went into the military and he learned how to build houses so that he could come back and build a house for his parents so they wouldn't have to be sharecroppers anymore and they could pay off their debt. And then from that, it, it he continued to build those houses, build it for my grandmother and he and their kids. So that's that picture is very much about the house, just like in the original. So thank you even knowing that exists. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. It's a beautiful painting. And I think, you know, there's that classic house tree person test. It's just a mm -hmm. test they give, a psychological test they give to children to see what their relationship to the world is. And I think that there's some version of that that's happening in that painting, which mm. I think comes through. Wow. It's like if the father's really big in relationship right. to the mother or vice versa, you know, it's, it's a psychological test they give to children. But I, I often experiment and play around with that myself in my paintings. Yes, I know. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
Whose art are you looking at these days? Who are your primary influences and, and what art are you liking out there in the world, contemporary or you know from the past? What, what, what's exciting you these days? I am not saying this to be flattering in any way, okay? So disclaimer, I genuinely look at your work. And the reason, the reason being, you have this way of marrying together these personal narratives along with, you know, either present day or a set of context that is easily transferable um, through present day and, you know, it tells the story of, of humanity. And that's what I, I, I see myself, that's what I do in my work. And, I, and other than that, honestly, I look at right now, not a lot of work because I'm really trying to just focus on what I'm doing. I, I did spend some time early on thinking, oh, well, you know, Who's doing what, and you know who's showing here, and what are they doing that I need to adopt? And that it, it just like I have to stop. Mm-hmm. Things I do have a set of goals. I, my, one of my goals is to scale up. One of my goals is to create a more efficient way of painting, so that I'm not spending too much time in one space. So I, I have a set of goals, but I'm not actively looking at a lot of artists mm-hmm. right now. And I hope that doesn't sound bad. It's the <laughs> truth. Because I'm trying to protect yeah. this this thing that I'm birthing, you right. know. Right, absolutely. Well, I, I ask, but yeah, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, there are aspects of your work that remind me a little bit of what Amy Sherrill is doing, mm-hmm. and Kahindi Wiley mm-hmm. with the patterning uh, that has reminds reminds me a little bit, where uh, an art historian went to visit Thomas Aikens, the painter Thomas Aikens in Philadelphia, and he was in his studio on Green Street, and the art historian came in. And Lloyd Goodrich was his name. He, he came in and he walked up the stairs and, and he, one of his first questions was, you know, Aikens had some paintings around he was working on. And he said, you know, what painters today are inspiring to you? Like who, who's, who's interesting to you? And he said, Thomas Aikens had no earthly idea about any painters that were painting at the same time he was painting. He had no idea. And he said that he only cared about what he was doing. <laughs> and I find that just fascinating. That, you know, and it's why exactly what Andrew Wyatt said. You have to be ingrown to be any good. It's like you got to focus on what you're doing. You have to. Yeah. Because otherwise, and I've done this, you can be so easily sidetracked to think that you need to start doing the it thing. Right. And, and I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I think one of my strengths and weaknesses is that I have always worked in isolation. Uh, meaning that I'm not one of those artists that ever had a studio with a group of other artists and um, had that feedback from them. And there's certainly good in that, you know, there's yeah. there's some good that can come from that. But because I haven't, I have my own little bubble. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm leaning into that yeah. and, and taking from it what I can. But also, I like to listen to a lot of interviews with um, artists of other genres Mm -hmm. so uh, I was listening to an interview it was Missy Elliott Mm -hmm. and she made a comment on how when she's working on an album she does not listen to other people's music Mm -hmm. and I thought "Hmm, there's something to that I can understand that I can see that so that's why I I tend to pull away from the social media from 
great many of things and I'm very intentional about my outings mm-hmm. that, that I take. So yeah, I, I hopefully good that. comes from that. I think that's sage advice. I have to say, I think it's sage advice. We're in a time when we're, so everything gets watered down and diluted and, and we're all focused on what everybody else is doing. It's so easy to do by social media. Yeah. It's a real discipline to be able to, to focus on your own work. Yeah. So that's most admirable kudos to you. Thank you. Hopefully it works out. (laughs) (laughs) It's working out great. (laughs) Our guest today has been Ayana Ross, winner of this year's Bennett Prize for Women Figurative Realist Painters. And this year's Rising Voices. This year is Rising Voices 2. 2. Yes. Rising Voices 2. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. And all of the finalists have amazing, amazing work. Absolutely. It's an honor. I, I, I was watching the whole process and I was yeah. really thrilled to see an incredible body of work, which will be at the Bo Bartlett Center. Um, when exactly? I'm not sure, but in the future, upcoming, we'll, we'll have the exhibition at the Bo Bartlett Center, perhaps next fall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to hear another piece of music or two and, and head out. And so I want to thank you for listening to us today and thanks for being with us. All right, before we close out here, do you have a a final piece of music that you would like to hear? Actually, yes, I do. Can we listen to Sade's Kiss of Life? And I'd like to dedicate that to my husband, Mr. Byron Ross.
was Sade with Kiss of Life. You've been listening to The Art House on 88.5 WCUG, coming to you from Columbus, Georgia. I want to thank Sho Irakawa, our engineer extraordinaire today. Thank you, Sho. My pleasure. <laughs> I want to thank Ayana Ross for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I want to thank you all for listening to The Art House today. You can find the complete playlist on arthouseradio.com. That's A-R-T-H-A-U-S radio.com. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. Hope you'll get a chance to get into your studio today and make some art. Make some art. Let the creativity of the universe flow through you down into your work get your feelings out get it down sublimate that stuff the world will be a better place hope you'll get a chance to get out and see some art go to your local art museums your local art institution in Columbus we have the Columbus Museum we have the Do Good Fund we have the Passaquan out in Buena Vista, St. Eddie Martin's place. We have the Highland Galleries, which has a show of the home is where the art is this week. Stop in and see the Highland Galleries up on 2nd Avenue. And we have the Bo Bartlett Center with the Do Good Fun exhibition, Looking Male, and the South Arts exhibition. Hope you'll get a chance to stop by. We have but one life. So let's live it. And make this world a better place. Thanks for listening today. See you right back here next week. Love and light, y'all.